0: Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Cersosimo, and you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, Do You Believe? We have a good-slash-sad episode for you today. Um, I want to start off with a little something on a personal note, and then we will head into all things the Australian Open. Now, the exciting part of this is the Australian Open has been second to none so far. There's been great upsets. There's been um, some really good matches. There's been a lot of ups, a lot of downs, everything you would ever want in a major. And so I will have that to recap. And also it is the quarterfinals, it officially the quarterfinals. And so we will get into that a little bit, but I want to start off with uh, the news that came on January 26, 2020. And it was that Kobe Bryant had passed away. He Died in a helicopter accident just out of Calabasas, California. But since this is a tennis podcast, I want to talk about his impact on the sport of tennis. Now, he really didn't have that many relations to tennis other than knowing celebrities in the sport of tennis and maybe being a fan, but he was all basketball. I mean, his daughter was a basketball player. He was arguably the best of all time, um, among all of the best of all time, and Yet this year at the U.S. Open, he came to the U.S. Open. Um, He came to the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. And like you guys have heard in my earlier episodes, or if you know me at all, I was at the U.S. Open this year. And I just want to share a little story about um, him being there and me being there. So I worked for player operations, and I I had access to the locker rooms, to the back hallways, to um, where the celebrities came in, the presidents gate. I had access to everything, um, in that, in that perspective, um, a lot of places that a lot of other people couldn't see. And I will never forget it. Um, the day Kobe was there, we saw on Instagram that he was at the next gen tent. So what did I do? I ran out to the next gen tent, see if he was there. He wasn't there. Um, me and my colleagues that were in the player operations were, where's Kobe? Where's Kobe? He was there the same day as uh, Colin Kaepernick. And the entire day we were trying to find Kobe Bryant. Um, Colin Kaepernick walked just by me and I was like, oh, that's Cap. It's cool. But I was there to see Kobe Bryant. I wanted to see Kobe Bryant. um, And I never, um, never in a million years thought I'd see him there. And as the day went by, I didn't think I was going to see him at all. Um, I started getting a little discouraged. I was like, how how am I going to miss this opportunity to see Kobe Bryant? Um, and so I kind of gave up hope it was late in the afternoon. I was like, he's probably leaving soon. He's, he stayed for this day session fight for Naomi Osaka. Um, but he was signing a book the next day. And so I was like, well, or no, he was signing book that night. So I was like, well, worst case scenario, maybe I go to where he's signing those books at the uh, bookstore, um, on the campus and I see him then, but it's not going to be as cool, but whatever. So, Me and my buddy are like, hey, let's just go out to court, whatever, watch this match, um, or go out and get these escorts that we're doing. And I turn the hallway in the champions hallway where the locker rooms are, and sure as hell, there's Kobe Bryant. Um, All six foot one of him that is super tall, very elegant. He's wearing like a, I believe he's wearing like a purple suit. Um, but not like bright purple, just like a little sparkly purple, like a very classy, classy suit. And um, he was around somebody and he was speaking Italian. And I just remember being so overwhelmed with his presence. Um, overwhelmed in a good way. Um, I saw Roger Federer for the first time and I was overwhelmed by his presence as well. Um, just the elegance and the class that he carried. But Kobe Bryant is an international superstar. He is an international family man. He is an international icon of one of the most iconic cities in America that is Los Angeles. So seeing him there and seeing him support the sport of tennis um, was something remarkable, a sport that I love so much, a sport that so many of my peers love so much, and seeing one of the biggest sports figures ever to be there at the U.S. Open supporting tennis was Unbelievable. And he went on ESPN, he went on the Tennis Channel, talk about Coco Gauff, Naomi Saka, Serena, and what he does for women's sports um, is remarkable for somebody who um, was given the world from a men's sport. Um, and the way he carried himself off the court and the way he supported women's sports and the way he supported tennis and the way he supported other sports, um, that is just... So admirable to somebody like me, so admirable to people around the world, and that's why he was loved so much. Um, I'm not going to speak to much else about Kobe. I just wanted to throw out um, the day I met him and what he was about. Um, There's enough outlets in the world to tell you how great of a human he was, Um, but I just wanted to share that one personal interaction I had with Kobe Bryant. Um, I'm sure he didn't even see me, but in that hallway, I can tell you all eyes were on him. Let's move on to the Australian Open. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Australian Open. Not a little bit, a lot of bit about the Australian Open. Um, a lot of great things are happening. It's the quarterfinals. There's been a lot of great matches. Um, ever since the beginning last week, I talked about, you know, Shapovalov leaving early and what the tournament was. And someone reached out to me after um, my last week's podcast. and goes, Jacob, you never even told us who you want to win. And I was like, wow, very good point. Who are my picks to win this year's? Australian Open, and I never said them. So one, I apologize that I didn't say that earlier. And two, I'm going to share them with you right now on the men's and the women's side. But don't think I'm just like throwing these out there. I mean, one's already still in it. The other one's not. So I'll give you valid reasons behind it. And then I'm going to tell you who my pick to win is now that we're in the quarterfinals for the men's and women's. So my men's person I picked to win it is Roger Federer. Um, That almost came to an end with... Jonathan Millman, but my pick is Roger Federer to win this tournament because I think he knows his time is coming up. He knows he needs to take advantage of all these tournaments, and um, he had that scare against Millman, but even before that, my pick was him because he didn't play much tennis in January. That Not, not like he didn't play every day or train, but the other people played, um, both Novak and Rafa and some of the other best in the world played in the ATP Cup. And so I think he has a little bit more fire under him. He um, has a little bit more energy. He's not as worn down. He hasn't been playing in the Australian heat for a month and some change. Um, So he's my pick to win it on the men's side. Um, My early pick to win it before the tournament started. And then on the women's side, these are the most mainstream picks I know. But um, I think someone else whose time they see is running out is Serena Williams. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know you're like, well, Jacob, you picked Serena and Roger. That's the most mainstream picks you could have. Yes, I get it. But the calculations behind it are both of them are old. Both of them are um, 38, 39 years old. And they understand that they need to go now if they want to win. Serena's so close to um, tying the most grand slams ever. And Roger's, now people are on his tail. I mean, Rafa's got... 19 jokers at i think 16 so um both of these players know they need to go now and coming up to the Australian open they both played the right amount of tennis they both you know had the right amount of training didn't do too much extracurricular as in the atp cup or in serena's case too many tournaments and so i had both them winning this unfortunately serena's out now um she got upset but roger's still in it but will he be my pick In the quarterfinals, I will get to that in a little bit. Um, I do want to talk about a few matches. Um, Let's start with Fed since we're kind of already talking about him. The Federer-Millman match. Now, I got a text from one of my buddies that was like, hey... uh, millman's gonna push fed and i'm like nah shut up that's not gonna happen um and then i was like well and then i started thinking about it right before i went to bed i was like well you know millman is number you know or millman does have his number a little bit and it's in australia and the year australia's had and there's a lot of motivation and all that jazz and then i was like oops yeah he might um but i didn't think much of it and then i woke up to go to work on um whatever morning that was, and I get a notification, I get all the notifications, so when I wake up, I'm pretty up to speed with what happened while I was sleeping, and I get a notification that was like, close match alert, um, Federn, Millman, fifth set, something, 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 right, and I was tired, so I was like, yeah, whatever, Um, and then it said 17 minutes ago, and I was like, what, 17 minutes ago? So I popped out of bed, went and turned on the TV. Sure enough, watched the whole tiebreak. Um, woke up in time to catch the whole tiebreak, and glad I I did. I mean, Fed was down 8-4 and then ends up winning 10-8. And that's just the man he is. But I think when these younger players, when these not-as-known, when these lower-ranked players are playing, guys like Federer, Rafa, Djokovic, some of these top guys, they're playing with nothing to lose. And then the second they have something to lose they tighten up they don't play as well happened with serena um serena was playing wang and the second serena got close or serena gave her a chance to have something to lose she lost it and i think that's kind of what happens with happens with like jonathan millman in this uh in this scenario he um he had nothing to lose the whole match wins a couple sets makes it to the fifth set tiebreaker the second he goes up and goes up 8-4 Tightens up a little bit, loses some points. Things don't start going his way as much. So um, That's what happens with these big-time players, though. When they play people who shouldn't beat them, they may might get down. I mean, they might even lose. But these players get tight when it gets into that crucial situation. And that's kind of just what happens. I mean, that happens a lot. And sometimes they get lucky, and, um, and they'll end up pulling up the upset. But here, John Millman... It didn't happen. Um, I also want to talk about the fifth setter, which with uh, Hachinov and Kyrgios. I mean, what a match! I woke up to that one as well, and I mean, Kyrgios, a fighter, an absolute fighter. And I'm so good. I'm so glad for him. I know a lot of people in tennis world aren't a big fan of him, but I think this last month, a lot of people have become a big fan of him. Um, and he is. Great to watch. One, I think he's good for the sport. Um, I think we need a guy like him to be in this sport. And the way he wins that fifth setter, I mean, against Hachinov, it's a battle. Um, there's a lot of good things that went out of it. And then he comes and plays Nadal, and him and Nadal don't really have the best back record. And that match actually happened, um, the other day on Sunday night here in America. And um, I just want to talk about that a little bit as well. But he comes out wearing a Kobe jersey, which you know he's famous for wearing his Celtics jerseys. Comes out wearing a Kobe jersey. He's visibly emotional on court, um, and then Rafa wears his Lakers hat um, in his post-match interview. But um, emotional day for Curios. I don't know. Um, he said the the death of Kobe Bryant made him play better um, and motivated him a little more, as it should have. And um, but. I mean, I hate to put it at face value, but Rafael Nadal's better. And so, um, unfortunate for him, to, his journey came down to the end um, a little quicker than probably he wanted. But, needless to say, um, unbelievable tournament by Nick Kyrgios. Unbelievable Australian series. Um, Australian month for Nick Kyrgios. Um, I want to go into the quarterfinals now. Um, who's in the quarterfinals? What we got coming up on deck? Let's start with women's singles. Um this is a match I'm really looking forward to is um Ash Barty and Petra Kvitova. Do I think K- Kvitova can win that? I don't know. She's playing well, but Ash Barty is playing really well. Um uh Kennen is playing Jabeur. Um Kennon's 14 uh 14 in the world. She's young. She just beat um who she just beat oh Coco Goff. And so I don't yeah, I don't know who's going to win that one. Um, that one's kind of up to, um, kind of up for debate. Um, Halep, Halep's going to play, uh, Kantavit and I have Halep in that because Halep is rolling right now. Um, and then Pavla um, is playing Muguruza. And, um, I really don't know a whole lot about some of these women's players that are up and coming and came back into him. Um, I'm going to have to do some research, but um, these should all be good matches. Um, my pick to win on the women's side now is Ash Barty. I think Ash Barty has the best game right now. She's number one in the world. She's playing in Australia, her home country, and the way she's playing right now, second to none. I believe Ash Barty is going to win it. You heard it here first, but in the corner finals. So take that one, for, take that one with a grain of salt because... Obviously, I didn't get it. I didn't guess that right from the beginning. On the men's side, the men have an unbelievably excited quarterfinals. Nadal and team, which I think could be another final in the French Open, which it was last year. But unfortunately, I gotta put my money on Rafael Nadal. Rafa's playing too good right now. Um the next one, Stan Vavrinka versus Alexander Zverev. Um Vavrinka number fifteen, Zverev number seven. Um Vavrinka just got a big win in the round before that against Daniil Medvedev. The way Vavrinka is playing right now, I'm going to give this one to him. And I kind of want to see him win it. Um, Svarov, though, is playing outstanding as well. So it's I think it's going to be a toss-up, toss-up. But if I'm going to predict it, I'm going to put Vavrinka. Um, then the next one, Tennis Sandgren versus Roger Federer. Um, as an American, I should be voting for tennis. But I got Roger. Um, I My preseason pick was to pick Roger to win it. So um and i do think uh he will outsmart tennis a little bit. He will play him um a little bit tougher and coming off that match he almost lost, i believe that um i believe that Roger Federer is going to steal this one. And then Novak Djokovic versus Milos Raonic. Um you know what? I woke up feeling dangerous this morning. Let's uh put an upset in there. I'm going to put Milos Raonic over Novak Djokovic, which is a totally bold move because Novak Djokovic is playing outstanding right now. Um, But so is Milos. So um, mark my words. I'm going to put it in there. We'll see what happens. Maybe next week when I podcast again, I'll be the cockiest human in the world. Or I'll be shut down by my guests. Who knows? Um, Who am I going to pick to win it at this point? It's hard to go against Rafa. It really is. But I'm going to stick with my guns. I do believe Roger Federer is going to win it. I pick him out of this top eight to go ahead and win it, because I picked him right away, and I want to stand by him, and so I am, Roger Federer, mark my words, he's going to win the Australian Open 2020, and there you go, a um, couple of things I want to talk about right before I end this podcast, um, Coco Goff had an unbelievable run, she beat um, Venus, Naomi Osaka, and then lost, um, but congrats to her, she had an amazing tournament, and now she's still in doubles, so um, and then she posted something nice about Kobe on social media the other day when Kobe had a few nice things to say about her. Um, another sad moment, um, Caroline Wozniacki is officially retired. Um, like I've said in podcasts before, I don't think this will be the end. I personally don't think this is going to be the end of Caroline Wozniacki's tennis career, but it very well could be. Um, And um, happy for her. She seemed very – what word am I looking for? Very – okay with all of this happening very okay with retiring very comfortable with being done so um congrats to Caroline Wozniacki on an unbelievable career um she deserves every accolade she ever got um she deserves all the respect she ever got and is getting and um congrats to her unbelievable so happy for her and I hope her and David Lee have amazing kids is that a weird thing to hope for but um i believe that's why she's retiring so um good for them and i want to leave you with jim's life is on their way back home i saw on um instagram today they are they're done and they're heading back they both lost i um, unfortunate for both of them but i do think this year is going to be big for both of them um guy feast had a good run here and i really think for him to make a good run here in the future um other than that, I don't really have much for you. Um, like I said, download the Australian Open app if you really want to keep up with it. Um, I, unfortunately, don't watch all the matches through and through um, because I just don't have time. Um, and But it is a good tournament to keep up with. And next Saturday when the final is on, um, I might be waking up at 3 a.m. to watch the whole final. But um, if you want to sponsor this, you can reach out at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast. That's B L. E-A-V, at Believe Podcast on all social media, Twitter and Instagram. And then also you can reach out to me at Jacob Cersosimo, C-E-R-S-O-S-I-M-O is that last name, not only on Twitter, but on Instagram. And I'd love to connect with you fans and um, talk about, like I said, I got a message from a listener earlier this week that told me I missed something on the podcast. So I, I the only way that's going to get better is if I get feedback from you guys. So I appreciate it. And um, enjoy the rest of the Australian Open. Enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, February's right around the corner. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.